I'm going to read a Bible verse to you. We're going to pray, and then we're going to talk about the Lord. The Bible says in Ephesians 5.14, some of you have this memorized. Therefore, he says, awake, you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. And Father, we're thankful, so grateful today for the resurrection of your son. We can't, words could never contain. God, we could never fully express how thankful we are for Jesus. Thankful for his incarnation. Thankful for his perfect life. Thankful that he was willing to die as a substitute for our sins and pay a penalty that we could never pay. Thankful, God, that he was laid in that tomb and that he miraculously rose on the third day. And with our whole hearts today, God, it's the best that we can do. It's all we have. We say, Father, thank you, and we love you. We pray today that you would demonstrate the power of the name of Jesus in this place, that chains would be broken and souls would be rescued. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, I just want to start the service today with a word. The word is miracle. Say the word miracle. miracle. It's a beautiful, beautiful word. It actually comes from the Latin word. I know you really wanted to know this today. Miraculum. And it simply means this, object of wonder or awe. Something that's so profound that it leaves you speechless. It's otherworldly. It can't be explained by human causes or by natural means. And, you know, the verses that we read this, this morning, really that's the picture that the Apostle Paul is painting. He's painting a picture of miracle. Now, for some of you, it's right there in the first phrase, awake you who sleep. It was a miracle that you actually got up this morning. Uh, and especially for some of you that joined us for the sunrise service. But that's not the verse I'm talking about or the phrase I'm talking about. I'm talking about the next one where he says, arise from the dead. Right? Arise from the dead. And you can kind of feel the, the, the pathos or the passion that the Apostle Paul is presenting here so strongly, arise from the dead. I want you to think about that phrase just for a minute. Because the truth is this, it is the opposite of the process that we experience in life. The process for, for us goes from life to death, not from death to life. And so Paul is talking about something miraculously, miraculous here. He's talking about something otherworldly, like you can't explain this by human means. And I know for some of us today, we're thinking, well, yeah, he's talking about the physical resurrection from the dead. Like it's an appropriate phrase to be considering on Easter morning because that's what we're celebrating. Uh, but listen, that's really not what he's talking about in this portion of Scripture. Listen, don't get me wrong today, for sure, we believe in the physical, bodily resurrection of those who put their trust and faith in Jesus Christ, that they will be raised from dead or from death into the glory of God. And you can, you can give him praise for that today, if that's you. Like the great poet and philosopher Johnny Cash said, ain't no grave gonna hold my body down. <laughs> I know I should have worn black today, but you know... But Paul is talking about a spiritual resurrection. Paul is talking about a spiritual resurrection here. Let me put it in different words. Paul is saying, you who are spiritually dead in your trespasses and sin, you can be resurrected out of that darkness and into Christ's light and life. Do you believe that today? 
Let, let me just reread it. You who are spiritually dead, when he says arise from the dead, he's saying those of you who are spiritually dead in your trespasses and sin can be resurrected out of that darkness and into Christ's light and life. When I say darkness, I'm talking about evil. I'm talking about sin. I'm talking about spare, despair. I'm talking about living a life without God, spiritual death, and by the way, something we are all born naturally into. The Bible says that we are all dead, naturally born, in our trespasses and sins. It takes something miraculous to turn that around. And when we say light, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about a, a life that is now filled with hope and love and grace and healing and peace and joy and spiritual life. This is life with God. Think about the contrast of those two things. To be able to go from a place of evil and sin and despair, sorrow and grief, spiritual death and no life with God, to be at a place where it's God's hope and God's love and God's grace and God's mercy. And listen, you can fill in a whole list of words. And the truth is this, Jesus died and rose again to give you the opportunity to experience that kind of life. Real life. In fact, this was what he said. He said, speaking to the multitudes, I came to give you life. Like maybe some of you have wondered here, what's up with this Jesus character? And why did he come? Did he come just to lay out a, a good example for us to follow, a model, you know, some solid teachings that we might be able to orient our lives around? Well, Jesus said, no, the purpose that I came was to give you something. I have a gift for you to receive. I came to give you life and that more abundantly, that overflowing. Do you have the abundant, overflowing life that Jesus supplies today? The truth is this, he's got the power to give it to you. He's got the power, and the resurrection proves that he has the power. You know, there was a finality in his death. This morning, early at 6 a.m., we were talking about the procession of women that went to the tomb 2,000 years ago. Remember, they went to really prepare the body of Christ for burial because Jesus had been crucified right there on the, at the, the eve that was preceding the Sabbath. And so they had to take his body down uh, in a hurried manner. They had to prepare him as much as they could. And then they placed him in that tomb. And the women knew that his body wasn't prepared the way that it needed to be prepared. And so after the Sabbath had passed, they got up early in the morning before the sun had risen. And they made this procession to the tomb. And I'll tell you, it was not a procession of joy. It was not a procession of gladness because there was a finality. There was still the trauma of the cross that had gripped their hearts. The last thing that they had seen was a fully disfigured body before them, crucified. And in their heart and in their mind, as they made this sorrowful procession, the only thing they could think of was to take that body and to really prepare it the way that it should have been prepared. There was a finality that was represented by the tomb. The stone had rolled over the entrance. The body had been covered and buried. It was lifeless and in darkness. There was sorrow, there was grief, there was pain, there was loss, there was fear, and yet when they got there, there had been a great earthquake, the stone had rolled away, there was an angel at the tomb, and he said to them, 
some of my favorite words. Why do you seek the living among the dead? Yo, okay, that's not in the, that's not in the Greek. I think it should be. Yo, he's not here, he's risen. Man, give him praise this morning for that. <laughs> I gotta, like, that's, that's a game changer. Man, the, the resurrection is a game changer. And it's not just a game changer. It is the game changer. All of humanity has been ever tra forever transformed because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He has the power to raise the dead to life. We know he did it because he, we know he does because he raised Lazarus. We know that he does because he said to Jairus' daughter, arise little girl. And we know he does because he himself raised himself from the dead. You know, Jesus didn't need some outside help. There was no human collusion. Jesus didn't need a hand. It wasn't as if it was human resuscitation. It's not as if, and I want you to think about this picture very carefully, it's not like light got into the tomb somehow and touched his body and then he was raised. No, it's more like this. The stone was rolled away and his life and his light poured out of that tomb. That's the picture that we have when we think of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And, and listen, th this is true because it's exactly what he said. He said, no one takes my life from me. I lay it down myself. I have the power to lay it down, and I have the power to take it up again. Hey, do you need help today? Have you come into this place, and maybe there is some aspect of your life where you need help, and you have sought you have sought the help of other people. You've sought the help of the culture around you. Maybe you've tried to, in your own discipline and willpower, solve problems that seem to be now unresolvable to you. There is someone present in this room who can supply the help that you need. There is someone present here today who can make the change in your life that you've been unable to affect yourself. Jesus can do it. And I, we pray today that you would hand that need to him, that you would ask him for help. And the beauty of the story is the tomb is where the miracle happens. The, tomb, the most unlikely place, the most unlikely place, you know, that's where it needed to happen. And I say that because it's in the place where we know that with man it's impossible, that we discover that with God all things are possible. It's in that place it's in that place where you discover you can't, you don't have the power, you don't have the ability, you don't have the strength, you don't have the discipline. This thing that needs to be done in your life can't happen by human means or natural causes. It's going to take a miracle. And it's in that place where you discover that God can. Now today you might be thinking, well, pastor, doesn't the Bible say God helps those who help themselves? And the answer is no, okay? That is not in the Bible. It, you know, I've read it. I've read it, and uh, I'll tell you right now, you can read it yourself and find out for yourself, but that is not in the Bible. Not only is the sentence not in the Bible, the concept is not in the Bible. The truth is this, God helps the needy. God helps the broken. God helps the weak. God helps the addicted. God helps the rejected. God helps the outcast. 
God helps the hurting. God helps the burdened. Today you might be in a place where it is just total darkness and hopelessness. You've experienced the fullness of the lack of your own willpower and you're living in the midst of your own failure and it feels so dark that you can't see anything. You can't see anything. Your life is filled with confusion and I've got good news for you today. Though you can't see, God can. God can see. God sees you. He sees you today. David, the sweet psalmist, he said this. He's talking about um, the omniscience of God. And he said, if I say, surely the darkness shall fall upon me. If I say that, if I say, man, you know, my life is filled with darkness. He makes this conclusion concerning God. Even the night shall be light about me. Indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you. But the night shines as the day, the darkness and the light are both alike to you. I'm saying this to you to say we are all people in need. Like don't, don't get the wrong idea today. Sometimes, you know, maybe you're not accustomed to coming to church and you've got this framework in your mind. You think, well, this is just this religious place. This is not a religious place. This is not a place of religious sophistication. Sometimes, you know, it's like, well, this is a, a, a place where there's a bunch of self-righteous people. There's maybe one reason you don't even want to go to church, and you don't even necessarily like being here because you think it's filled with people who, you know, who climb this ladder of morality and then look down on everybody else who hasn't climbed as high as they have. That's not what the church is about. You know, I want to say something to you today. This building is like a tomb. Stick with me for a minute. <laughs> this building is like a tomb. And by that, I just simply mean people who are spiritually dead and in the darkness and grip of sin, they hear the gospel, they meet Jesus, and they are resurrected by the light of Christ. That's what happens. That's what's happened here. We're not, we're not some crazy group of people who, you know, have learned to sing the same songs and read from the same dumb book. No, our lives, it's not dumb, it's amazing, it's the word of God. Our lives have been totally transformed. We've been rescued by Jesus Christ. He has been merciful and today, listen, he is present. He is present to meet your need. He's present to help you. I can say this because 30 years ago, this year, I walked into a church weeks after getting out of jail now, I'm not going to go into the whole story today, but, but it sounds intriguing, doesn't it? I was so lost. I was so lost and so broken. I was in such need of help with all sorts of addictions. And I stepped foot into a church. The church did not save me. The pastor did not save me. Jesus saved me when the gospel was preached. And in that moment... In that moment, my life was transformed. Listen, I want you to think about the power of the resurrection on that morning when the women who were in procession came. They came that day with sorrow and grief and sadness and an empty heart, like I said to you, and in one second, their whole lives were transformed. Their whole outlook on life changed. It was grief and sorrow that then was manifested into worship because Jesus was risen from the dead. I'm saying to you today... I'm saying to you today that this place is like a tomb in this sense. You come in addicted, you come in broken, you come in lost, you come in hopeless, you come in destructive, you come in angry, you come in successful but empty. 
Because none of the things that this world has to offer you will ever satisfy that need in your heart. It is an eternal void that God has made himself that will only be satisfied by him. You walk in like that, but if you put your trust and faith in Jesus Christ, you walk out delivered, you walk out whole, you walk out found, you walk out hopeful, you walk out peaceful, you walk out loved and filled with the love of God. You walk out forgiven. Listen, some of you are like, wait a minute, man, this is Easter. Isn't this a day of bunny rabbits and, and, and pastel shirts and Easter brunch and mimosas? Because, because that's, that's, my, that's my plan, right? Not mine, but that's yours. You're saying this is yours. <laughs> and we're not going to cruise for mimosas after the third service today. But, but listen, some of you are like, this, this is just the routine. It's the ritual. This is what you do. Right? I mean, it's Easter, and so, so you've you, you got some new clothes and some baskets with, with candy for the kids, and, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong, wrong with that. And you know, you come to church because that's what you do once or twice a year, and then you go out for brunch afterwards, and, and all I'm saying to you today is you'll find no miracle in that. You'll find no miracle in that, and the purpose of your coming today is so that you can walk out a different person and you can through the power of Jesus Christ. I want to say to you today that Easter is a day when dead bones come to life. And you can be born again by the Spirit of God. Because, because Jesus commands change in the lives of those who come to him in faith. He commands it. I'm just saying that when you come to him in faith, he's the one who does the work. He's the one who affects the transformation. I want to read to you a Bible verse today, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6. It says this, For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God, and this is a beautiful phrase, in the face of Jesus Christ. Keep that up there for a second. Paul is simply saying this. He's like, you know, you know what your life is like when you trust in Jesus Christ? It's like the day of creation. You know, when the earth was without form and it was void and darkness was covering the face of the earth, it was chaos and, and in a sense, just uh, raw material. And, and your life is like that because guess what God did? God simply spoke. He commanded. He said, let there be light. And when God commanded, the change came. And he says the same thing. Your life is just like that. You were walking in that darkness. There was confusion. There was emptiness. There was a void in your heart. And you put your trust and faith in Jesus Christ and God commanded the light to shine into your life. And you have been changed. Christ is the one who gives light. The word Christ is simply Greek for the Hebrew word Messiah. And that simply means God's anointed, God's chosen. There's one person that God has chosen and selected to redeem humanity and his name is Jesus. Jesus said this. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Is that you today? We're talking poor in spirit. He has sent me, Jesus said, to heal the brokenhearted. Is that you today? Is your heart broken? Do you need healing? He goes on to say, to proclaim liberty to the captives. And I'll tell you right now, every one of us without Christ is held captive to our own sin. And then he goes on to say, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. He gives sight. Yeah, he, he caused people 
to miraculously see in a physical sense, but when you put your trust and faith in him, he gives you eyes to see in a spiritual sense. He gives you the opportunity to be in relationship with God. Today, is that you? You wonder why he came. That's why he came. He came so that your life could be touched by his power. I want to just strongly encourage you today to let Christ have the final word in your life. Let Christ have the final word. You know, that last phrase that Paul conveys, he says, it's Christ who gives light. He gives it. It's not earned. You know, he's not manipulating you. He's not asking you to play some religious game. He's not looking for you to join some religious institution or some religious system. He just extends to you a gift, and it's yours for the taking. He gives freely. That's why it's called the gift of everlasting life, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God in Christ is life eternal. Today he holds that gift out to you. I wonder, are you willing to take it? Do you need that miracle in your life today? Is there some area in your heart where you need the help of God? Do you need him to do something so profound that it leaves you speechless? So profound that you know it's otherworldly. Something so spiritually significant that it could not be explained by human means or natural causes. I'm saying to you today, the miracle is waiting for you if you will just say yes to Jesus. Now, maybe for some of you, it's like you didn't come in for a miracle. Like you weren't expecting this. Some of you got dragged here by your family members. You're like, really? And you want me to wear that? Like it's the last thing on your mind. But as this morning has transpired, you're recognizing, you're recognizing that there is something in your life that needs to change. There is an area where you need help. There is a void that has been, you've been unable to satisfy. It doesn't matter how great the experience was. It doesn't matter how high you climbed up the ladder of success. None of those things, maybe for a moment, they brought some momentary satisfaction, but you know, after a while, you were left not only with that same feeling, but it feels as if the void has gotten deeper. And I'm saying that to you today because God has placed that void in you. You will always be unsatisfied until you turn your heart to Christ and trust him. One French philosopher said years ago that there is a God-shaped vacuum in your heart, a hole as it were. And it only can be filled by him. God is the only one who can meet that need. Today, I want to encourage you, trust Jesus for the miracle that you need. Will you say yes to him? The final word can belong to the resurrected Christ. The final word can be had in your life by the resurrected Christ. Maybe for you it feels like the stone is rolled, the issue is settled, there's no changing it. But I want to remind you today in that place where it seems that it is an impossibility for man, you will discover that with God, all things are possible. Amen? All right. All right. Let's pray today. Father, thank you. God, thank you so much for your faithfulness. God, thank you for your word. Thank you that you speak to us. Thank you that you're present. Thank you, God, for all of these who've walked in, and yes, those listening online. And thank you, God, that you have determined to do a work today. 
It is not an accident, God, that, that these seats are filled with these people. You've been working. You've been shaping circumstances. God, you have brought us here so ultimately we can meet you and we can leave this place transformed and changed. Today, as our eyes are closed and as our heads are bowed, do you need his help? I just want to express it as simply as I can today. Do you need his help? Do you need the Lord's help? Maybe today, like I said, they are issues of addiction. And maybe it's grief and depression. Maybe it's overwhelming discouragement. Maybe there are issues in your life. You've, you've sought help and yet no one or nothing has been able to resolve the issue. He's present today to touch you and to transform you and to meet that need. I'm just going to ask you this morning, if you need his help today, would you raise your hand? Just stretch your hand up high. I want to pray for you this morning. God bless you and you and you and here and on my right. Thank you. Here in the front. God bless you. I see your hands here in the center and over here on my left in the back. Thank you for raising your hands. God loves you. He is present today. This is not a place of religious sophistication. This is a place where God meets people. And I see your hand in the back too. Maybe you've never put your trust and faith in Jesus Christ. And today you know you need to take that step of faith. And maybe it's been presented to you a number of times and yet there's just been this resistance. You've been biding your time. You've been thinking, you know what, I'll do that later when I'm ready to do it or maybe on my deathbed. Well, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of salvation. Today you need to look to the cross and you need to receive the forgiveness that God has supplied to you through faith in his son. If this is you this morning, raise your hand. It's no accident that you're here today. Stretch your hand up high. God bless you over here. On my right, I see your hands. And here in the back, thank you. And I see your hands in the center here. I see your hands, young man. So good. And over here on my left, I see your hand in the back. You know what? I, like I said, I came 30 years ago, stepped foot into a church, last place I wanted to be, but I knew I needed God, and he changed my life. You can take that step of faith today as well. One last thing today, listen, maybe as a Christian you found yourself just drifting from God. Honestly now, as you evaluate your relationship with God, it's not as if you really have been drawing nearer to him or it's not as if you've been going deeper in your relationship to him. No, it, it seems as if the space between you and God has been growing. And it's, it's good that you're present today. Listen, maybe, it's, maybe it's, it's huge space. You've been prodigal. You've been on the run. Maybe not just drifting, but man, you've been back into the things of the world. And I can't think of a better place for you today to acknowledge a desire to really get back on track in your relationship with Jesus Christ. And so this morning, Christian, if this is you, stretch your hand up high. I want to pray for you. Don't be ashamed or, God bless you. I see just so many hands over here on my right and in the back. And God bless you over here on the left. God bless you. Thank you so much. Man, he loves you. It is a relentless love. He never stops pursuing. You can put your hands down. And Father, we're thankful today. God, just so deeply grateful today 
Dad, you're moving in this place. We thank you for the presence of your son and the power of the resurrection. And we ask today, even right now in this moment, that you would demonstrate and unleash that holy power, that same power that raised Jesus from the dead. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. It's great to pray for you today. It's good to pray for you. <clears throat> Listen, it's better, it's better, it's good for me to pray for you. It's better for you to pray yourself. And so what we're going to do right now is Pastor Tony is going to lead us in a song of worship with the team. And for all of you who raised your hand, now listen, the, the truth is this. You may be giving your life to Christ for the very first time. You may be on the run from God. Or there's some sense as a Christian where you've been drifting from the Lord. You're, you're just, it's not as tight. You've not been dialed in as much as you need to be dialed in. Maybe there's an area in your life where you just need God's help. What we're going to do today is we're going to invite you to come forward. And I'm going to lead you in a prayer because God wants you to pray to him. God wants to hear your voice. God wants to hear your confession of faith. And God wants to give you an opportunity right now to experience his power. Listen, those women came 2,000 years ago and they did not have the, the privilege of knowing how the whole story was going to roll out. We do. They came with their sorrow and grief, not knowing what to expect. You do know what to expect. You can make your procession maybe 10 feet or 50 feet or 100 feet. You can walk down here today knowing that he was not only crucified for you, but that he rose again on the third day. And he is going to meet you here today, this morning, in this place on Resurrection Sunday. And so if you raised your hand, I want you to stand up right now. I'd like you to stand up right now and just begin to make your way to the front so I can lead you in a very simple prayer. And I want to lead you in a very, very simple prayer. This is your prayer to the Father through faith in the Son. And He is present right now. And as you trust in Jesus, God is going to, He is going to be faithful. He's going to be faithful to fulfill every promise that He has made available through the gospel. So I want to encourage you right now just to pray this prayer out loud after me. Father, thank you for loving me. And today I choose to believe in Jesus, to follow Jesus, to live for Jesus. Forgive me for my unbelief in sin and cleanse me, strengthen me and heal me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and place your banner of love over my life. In Jesus' name I pray, all God's people said, amen. Amen, so, so great, thank God.